planetary perspective, from those beings that can see energetic systems and structures from the outer scape, we have never had the level of expansion, beauty, celebration, life-affirming frequency has never existed here. That exists here now. So do not get turned the other way. Go inside your heart. Be who you are. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself and to others. Do not uh, create constriction. Find the fluidity. Find a way to connect. No, there is no right or wrong. There's no black or white. There's a million colors of creation. And only you can be the vibration, the frequency, and color that is you because you are unique in the multiverse only one of you in the entire multiverse and omniverse that's julie pyatt and this is the rain studios podcast hey! hello listeners of the rain studios podcast I'm Rain, and today I'm left sort of speechless at the guest. Our guest, our divine Renaissance woman, mother, mystic, sage, spiritual guide, yogi, chef, partner, wife, mother, God, I mean, uh, musician, singer, songwriter. I mean, the list just goes on. Artist, fashion designer, space designer, architect. Her name is Ma Ananda Srimati, also known as Julie Pyatt. She is the wife of our dear uncle, Rich Roll, of the Rich Roll podcast. And um, the deeper you dive into his podcast, the more we start to see and feel and learn the strength and wisdom and fortitude and just divinity that, um, that really emanates from his beautiful wife, Julie Pyatt Srimati, through his work, through his story. And, you know, behind every strong man, there is a strong woman. And that just is so beautifully apparent in this conversation here that we get to have um, today. We are releasing this podcast on the beloved Srimati's birthday. So happy birthday, Maananda Srimati Julie Payet. You are an amazing, amazing creature. Um, we joke in the rebirth program and, and Ottawa. Um, our groups, our gatherings, our, our, our crew here at the Rain Studios community. And we all joke about Auntie Srimati, Auntie Julie, and Uncle Rich. And they really are. They're like the cool aunt and uncle, like so incredible. <laughs> and, you know, that we're willing to listen to, willing to learn from, willing to be open to all of their stories and all of their nerdiness and all of their magic and and all of their tension you know we get to see it all um julie and rich are are 
uh, popular guests on each other's shows. So Julie is on the Rich Rowe podcast. Gosh, I think she's been on there over a dozen times. Um, maybe even like over 20 times. I'm not sure. But she's been on a lot, dropping so much wisdom to his listeners. And then like for me, I, I've, you know, I found I was gifted Rich Roll through um, my husband, actually, Damien, who was gifted Rich Roll through our friend Colin Green. Shout out. Um, and, you know, so Rich Roll's podcast really changed our lives in so many ways. And his podcast is threaded throughout my rebirth program um, as part of the curriculum. And, you know, just a few months ago, I came to the realization that I was continuing to, um, you know, choose to listen to men in, in my life and in the world and, and hadn't still, you know, I have more leaning into, to the wisdom of women. And so I just took a deep dive. I mean, I plunged into Julie's podcast for the life of me podcast link in the show notes. And it's just even, it's just a totally different land, a totally different world, totally different word usage. And, and just the energy of Julie's podcast is so feminine. It's, it's incredible. Um, quite different than her husband's show, you know, than Rich's show. And they're both incredible. You know, one is not better than the other. It's just, they're both delivering their authentic selves and mostly um you know they're trying to help us they're trying to help the listeners and that is that is what I'm trying to do also right through the rain studios podcast um is share experiences you know call it wisdom call it whatever you want but it's the power of sharing story uh which is an ancient you know our ancestors this is how this is how humans have become who we are is through sharing story, passing it down generation to generation. And so that's what I love about the podcast medium so much is that we're getting to do this and we're getting to really choose our elders. Um, so huh, without further ado, <laughs> here is my conversation with Ma Ananda Srimati. Happy birthday, you beautiful divine creature. Enjoy the pod, everyone. I totally agree. I totally agree. Oh my gosh. Welcome to the Rain Studios podcast. Ma Ananda Srimati, also known as Julie Pyatt. <sighs> Wow, thank you for that introduction. It, it's uh, evoked a deep emotion in me to hear you uh, use my name. Wow, goodness. Thank you. You are a mother to me. Wow. <laughs> you are a mother to so many of us. Thank you. I am. Um, I recently had, we'll just dive right in with this share here as we're crying already in the first, in the first two words. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that I've had anybody call me Ma Ananda Srimati um, in many, many, many years. And 
I recently um, had the uh, experience of COVID. Oops, sorry. Oh. The experience of COVID. And, wow. uh, you know, uh, it was profound because, uh, you know, I am, uh, I am someone who is embodied in the resonance of my own life form. And I've traveled the world and I have no, I have no fear of it. I have no um, judgment of it. I have no judgment of anybody else's choices of it, of how they're managing it. Um, for me, it's sort of like an opportunity to choose a frequency or an operating system of what your uh, timeline will be multidimensionally. And we are in this moment of, you know, expansive transformation and ascension, not only in this planetary realm, but throughout the multiverse. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I'm connected with a, a spiritual lineage, a, a community in Northern Italy called Dominher. Mm. And um, they are uh, a community of uh, time beings uh, founded by their founder, Falco Tarasico, who was born Oberto Airaudi. And uh, Falco had his first meditation school when he was 22 years old in Torino. And his life mission was to create a community, a template, uh, an energetic that would prove to us and other worlds that are watching that we can live in community mm. uh, because as a humanity we've been hybridized and separated from our true divinity and so we have the enemy what's called the enemy in italian or i would just say anti-life forces or energies or tendencies that we um we take when we take a body because they're part of this realm Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, you know, it's it's our fault. It, well, I mean, ultimately, we all participated in it, but it's it's by design. So so getting back to Dominher um, from Falco's teachings, um, there is a force called the Grail and the Grail is a force that is beyond definition. It is something that is omniscient, unmutable not it cannot be controlled changed or you know visioned into anything and for eons of time associated with this planet the grail came in the form of the chalice so we've seen the chalice embodied in all this archetypical archetypical you know information and stories and experiences and Dominher itself has quite a profound a collection of sacred chalices from different timelines all over the multiverse. Wow. Um, and as an initiate, I've held these objects in my hand. I've had the privilege of being able to hold one. And now what's happening on the planet is the grail has changed form. And uh, I believe the first sort of initiative of this awareness was in about 2008. And now the grail the grail touches this realm in the form of illness. So the viruses or this occurrence of this experience was uh, written by Falco many, many years ago and, and many others. I mean, this isn't about some absolute uh, guru thing. There's many of us that are serving this, this awakening, I would say. So this is all leading to 
Um, so when, so in my community, when, when this virus appeared and this sort of experience started to come into our daily lives, um, I ignited this awareness of sovereignty within your body, no matter what the choice is, no matter if you take a vaccine, if you don't, if you get COVID, if you don't, if you have a heart attack, if you don't, you know, it's about sovereign embodiment. And so, you know, my feeling is that we've forgotten that as a humanity, as a divine eternal organism, we are more powerful than a virus, a diagnosis, a vaccine. And the way that these things are interacting with us is the same as creation, billions of different life forms. So your experience with your choice is gonna be unique to you and you alone. So I had gone, you know, two and a half years, uh, uh, maybe almost three years. I don't know. I, I'm not that good with time uh, <laughs> but, uh, in this thing, but um, <laughs> I've traveled the world. You know, I've traveled to Italy. I've traveled to Malta, to Egypt, um, all over. And I uh, just never, you know, just never had really resonance with it. Uh, you know, wasn't really focused on it. And then they had this anniversary of the grail, which is a ritual operation. And that was on April 11th. And so as an initiate, I received the communication that I could dedicate my body to planetary healing for one week in this ritual. And I was feeling amazing. I hadn't had any pain in my body for three months. I was skiing, I was practicing yoga. So I was like, absolutely, I'm gonna put my body into this operation. Well to the hour when the clock struck midnight 01 in <laughs> Italy, I was on this sacred mountain in front of my house, which has been connected with this sacred mountain of Arunachala, which is in the south of India near Tiruvannamalai. And it is the mountain where a very powerful realized being, Sri Ramana Maharshi lived and walked for his whole life. He had a death experience at age 16 and completely woke up, com completely fully realized. So a very powerful being. And my mountain in front of my house where I built my home, where I have my sanctuary is a twin to the mountain in Arunachala, which was brought forth to me by the guru or the master who named me Ma Ananda Srimati. So here I am in this experience. I was on the mountain actually with a student from Water Tiger, from my spiritual community who had come over from Norway. And I was on the mountain and I was like, oh, my lower back is really hurting. I'm going to turn back and you go up. Well, again, by the time it was midnight Italian time, I, I was in massive pain, physical pain in my body. So the next day I got a and IV woke up completely fine the following day and then tanked and was in the most excruciating physical body pain. I didn't have the, the lungs, I didn't have a cold, I just had extreme pain. Mm. And, um, and uh, it was very dark. I, I, was, I was having conversations with the void, with the black empty. It was kind of like nothing matters, this hopeless, this despair, like even all of my motherhood with my four kids and my community. And I was just in this, I was like, none of it matters. And mm. I was whispering to the void space and having this exchange. And even at one point was thinking, 
what is the thing that I need to take to kill myself because I'm in that much pain. Now I didn't make it to the keystroke to actually get any information, but this is something that's not really part of, I'm not, I'm very like sort of optimistic in, yeah. in life. So this is a very profound story that's leading back to the, to the name. So then, then I'll stop talking and you can ask me some questions. Oh, you're please. <laughs> But um, so I, I suffered for this week uh, terribly. And finally, on a Sunday, I woke up feeling like, OK, I'm, I'm through this. And I got in the car to drive to the ocean. And when I drove to the ocean, I was called by a spiritual brother of mine um, who had given me this mantra uh, that I had taken to India. I traveled 12 years ago to, to, to Sri um, Tiruvannamalai to the mountain that is the twin to my mountain. It's the only time I've been on Indian soil in this lifetime. Mm. And I had a death experience on the mountain. I was walking on the mountain and went into one of his caves that Sri Ramana Maharshi meditated in for years. And I offered this very sacred mala over a Sri Yantra in devotion to embodying, you know, God within me, realization within me. And shortly after that, 12 years ago, I came on to a complete acid trip with having never taken anything. <laughs> it was burned alive from inside. Wow. And I ended up, I just heard, get out of India, get out of India. So I ended back at getting back. It's a long story, but I ended up back at my house. I had only been on Indian soil three days. So suddenly uh, my friend called me i reminded him of the mantra i came home this is in now in this time and i wasn't feeling well so i lie down and all of us i woke up to a youtube documentary of sri ramana maharshi with yogananda having his hand on his shoulder and suddenly all the focus started coming in i started collecting all these pieces and realized that i was having a spiral death experience with all the same players and 12 years ago when i got back into my home i collapsed in my son's arms and he made me pasta and that is what brought me back into this time space so there are more layers that, that i won't go into but basically after i had this whole realization of ma ananda Srimati, that i am this lineage that my name is only one syllable different from Ma Anandamoy Ma, Shri Ma Anandamoy Ma. I'm only one syllable. She's Yi and I'm T. Mm -hmm. And I was given this from the lineage. I've had you know numerous experiences with Yogananda in other time spaces. Mm -hmm. And here I am living below the mountain that is a twin to Aranachala. And I hadn't been really consciously embodying my Vedic strain of my multidimensional. And so it was this very profound, and, and this is like the devotion of life when you live as a mystic, mm. when you have that devotion and you're open, you're going to the divine with all that you are. This is how it arrives. And suddenly there was a knock on my door and I opened the door and my son, the same son, 10, 12 years ago, said, mom, I made you kitchery. <sighs> now, my son has not made me kitchery in like 12, uh, sorry, like four years. And we had no, like he didn't know what had happened in my morning, like said, right. 
you know, it was just like so poetic. So anyways, so, uh, you know, I've been wearing my, my red kumkum. I've been communing with my Vedic lineage, chanting, um, very immersed in it. And so you touched me deeply when you called me my full spiritual name. So anyway, Rain, thank you. Oh, well, oh, thank you. And, and I, I just got chills. I mean, multiple times, but when you say that your son, the same son brought you (laughs) and it's like, how could he have known? Except (laughs) I believe that your cell bodies, I mean, that would be like the scientific way of describing it, right? Like he is you like, you know, that, that part. So all of what you do experience on all of these multidimensional planes that you are open to I believe that it's highly likely that I'm like, man, I got to get your kids on here next (laughs) because they feel you regardless of if you're, you know, speaking with them or not. Well, it's beautiful to hear you say that because having, you know, being a a modern, uh, you know, entrepreneur and, and not only being Manandashri Mati, but being Julie Pyatt, who like the you know, plant-based cheese empire that I'm building and all the different things that I'm doing. And also let me just share with all the, all the other moms. Yes. That gets canceled by her children. Like who we live in, like, it's so, it's so kind of universally hysterically (laughs) sort of dark humor of the universe. (laughs) Like, okay. You're going to give a birth to a life form that can't do a fucking thing for themselves. Like nothing. Like you're just, and we have no community like still in place, like as was really the original intention. So you have women, most moms who basically do all of it themselves. And it's, you know, I just remember the sleep deprivation and the relentless requirement. And there's something very powerful about that. And of course, like children are the greatest gurus and all of that. But it's such a, such a, such a brutal awakening when then you get into the teenage years and it's like, you know, like my one daughter, you know, mom, I just want you to know that like, I know that you believe in spirituality, but like, you know, it means nothing to me. So I love, you know, I love you and I like you. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, I got it. So, so let's just be very transparent about what this experience is, but I will say, so when you say it's in their cells, I mean, even so Tyler also like my boys and my, uh, my, uh, niece now niece, uh, who lived with me at the time, they came to my yoga class three times a week for many years of their teenage years. And then my boys and I were in a band together. And so we created music together. But then at a certain point, you know, Tyler was like, you know, I need to step back because I need to find my own path, which I get. Mm-hmm. And that's even why it's more profound because he's been not, he's been not into anything spiritual. Although it is funny because he produces my water tiger techniques. And when I do a podcast, he does it. Yes. So here's all my crazy thing of like yes. the void and everything. And so I know it's getting him on some level, even though he's doing it because I'm paying him money, you know, (laughs) no, but he's, but he still does it. So it was profound that he just knocked on the door and I would even take it like one step beyond. And I I love your cell, the cells communicating, but yeah, I mean, at one level, you know, Sri Ramana, what's so profound about him is that he didn't really talk. 
he didn't teach he didn't have an organization people around him created a book they created things but his main transmission was just the radiation of this massive light that he was mm. um and he considered the the mountain his guru he, he didn't have you know he didn't get involved he didn't discount but he didn't get involved in all the other sort of variations in form and he was very much about your destiny is already written. Yeah. And so relax, yeah. like just relax in the embodiment. And so when we think, you know, we think we're controlling so many things like Rich and I had an experience yesterday, which was profound. So Rich worked for a, this is Rich Roll, my husband. He worked for a law firm and was uh, an alcoholic and not, not in recovery. And finally, when he went to recovery, he was working at the specific law firm and that ignited, you know, a whole path of this amazing experience that we, that he's had and that we've had. Um, so we went through a nine year financial collapse, which is well documented. We have well shared it in the public uh, sort of arena. And so here we were yesterday, uh, you know, we were on that razor's edge during all that time uh, where we were either going to be completely annihilated or we were going to realize all our dreams. It could have been either one, seriously. Like it was not clear. Like there were times we would just break down. We were like, maybe every decision we made was wrong, you know? Mm. So, uh, so anyway, we now are in a position to be real grownups and we uh, created a living trust and, you know, we have like things in order, you know, that we didn't have an order before. And yesterday we signed like 35 signatures on this massive document, you know, because with all the complexity and our, the trust attorney that we hired, I hired him through a referral when i came on the zoom he freaked out because he'd read finding ultra and had it in his suitcase going to his vacation oh. and he changed he went and and folded into another law firm after we hired him and decided everything he's working for the law firm that rich left when he became sober of course yesterday happened to be rich's sober birthday we signed the documents and I drove them over to the law firm where he, you know, left when he was an alcoholic. And, and so we're looking at, I laughed. I was like, we think we're managing so much. Like we're controlling. <laughs> I mean, how could you plan that? I said to him, I was like, babe, did you think like when you left that law firm to go to your three month rehab, I will return here in 24 years you know, with this, this firm will do the living trust for my family in 20 years or in 24 years. Like we'd never know that. To the I mean, day. To the day. I mean, that, and that's right. so beautiful. And that's what the hairs stand up on all of it. You know, it's like, you just, well, thank you for sharing that. And, so, so you're a mystic. Is that the word that you really, that you embody? That's the word? I think so. I mean, you know, it's all labels. I don't, I don't like to be any label on many things. Um, but I would say, and you know, I've been in the exploration of the fact that we are multidimensional beings living a simultaneous experience. Yes. So of all the things I've always been this sort of 
renaissance being. Yeah. I paint, I sculpt, I cook, I create businesses, I write music, I sing, I, I steward and I support other beings into realizing their dreams. Like I ignite something underneath them and I, it feels really satisfying to me. I'm a generator if you know human design, but yes, it's super satisfying for me. Like when I, when I create, it's what I call stacked alignment. So if I can launch a product that accomplishes like six different triumphs within it, mm-hmm. then I feel really like, yeah, like that's really good. So for oh. one of the things was Leah, Leah Morosevich, who's just a very talented filmmaker and photographer. She was my girl's nanny. I knew her mom, uh, Carmen Joy, from, you know, Indian meditation rooms. We were the only two non-Indian people in this whole sea. And so years and years, I met her beautiful girls, Issa and Leah, and they're blonde hippies. And like my children just love these girls so much. And but then as life happened, like my boy's father died tragically and suddenly and I would look around and Leah would be there like and she was just a young girl she would just come on her own accord and so her knowledge of spirituality like she's such a Buddha and she you know she's a practicing Buddhist and she's just she's magical so when I sold my first solo my solo book this cheese is nuts yeah. Uh, I was shooting a, a book that I just, it's sidelined, I probably will never put it out, but I used to make art cakes for my, I made art cakes for my children every birthday. Mm. And it was this sort of just bohemian, like I had no cake skills. I have no training in decorating cakes. <laughs> they would just wake up and they would say, okay, I want Ganesh or I want a tree or I want a horse or I want whatever. Oh, and wow. I would carve, I would bake a bunch of sheet cakes and carve these shapes out. And they were quite awesome because they were so crazy, like really crazy looking. So I did that for my kids every birthday, all of them. They knew that I would dedicate a day and that I would create this piece of art for them. So I started to shoot this cake book, which sidelined, and I I don't know if I'll ever publish it. But I asked Leah to take some Instagram images, and, and what she was getting on her frame was beyond what the photographer was actually capturing. I mean, it was incredible. So when I sold this cheese is nuts, I said to Rich, you know, I think I'm going to, I'm going to ask Leah. And he was like, are you fucking insane? He's like, you finally sold a book. You can hire any food photographer. Like, what are you doing? And I I was like, just give me like a minute, like give me a month. So I met Leah at Erwan. I was like, listen, I see this in you. I think you can do this, but I need you to really show up. So anyway, you know, fast forward to not only did she shoot my entire book and the photos are extraordinary, she got the cover shot, then she shot Plant Power Italia, then she became a filmmaker. Now she works with Zach Bush, Farmer's Footprint. And it's like, it was all in her, but it's like, she just shot Elle McPherson and she sent me this note and she was just like, Shri, she's like, you know, I love you and thank you. You know, you saw it in me and you believed in me, but it was all in her, but that's that's an example of of what what the creation process is for me it's not about the arrival it's about the process and if i can infuse different little points then it's much more powerful you know little promo 
It's me, Rain, and I'm just asking you all to please subscribe to the pod. Maybe give us a star review. Maybe even write a review. Ooh, please, 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 and share the pod with friends, either on your social, your stories, or just shoot it to a friend in a text. I would be so grateful for that. To your friends in alignment, and maybe even to your friends that might be shocked by some of the topics of the day. All right, back to the show. Oh my gosh, yes. Well, and as a as an avid listener of both you and um, your husband, Rich, like we, we joke with with some of my clients, we joke, we're like, you're our auntie and our uncle. Like that is, it's, Aww. it's, and I do remember an episode with the two of y'all talking, being like, and isn't it funny? Like, I, I feel like we're really cool parents, but like, you know, but our kids actually don't think that, but everybody, all these other people think that. And so, you know, yes, just like Leah, who I have your book. I, I, um, well, I, yeah, I have this cheese is nuts. I don't have the other two, but I will have the other two. May it be so. Um, but, uh, I, I remember looking up Leah, so we'll drop her, um, her handle and stuff in the show notes. Cause she is, and I love that story of how, you know, you not only mother your own children, your own biological children, but you are, you know, really mothering to, to all of the listeners, all of water tiger, all of, probably everyone that you meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is such an honor to have you on the show. Mm-hmm. I just, and I told myself, I won't waste the whole show telling you how honored I am to have you here. <laughs> but I have been nerding out on you, Miss Julie Pyatt. And, you know, there's so many things. One thing that I learned from, um, from the life of me with that was that you were conceived in October. No. Oh. Oh. When were you conceived? Oh, oh yeah. Maybe I was conceived in October. Yes. You were conceived in October. You were born in July. In July. Yeah. Does that add up? Yeah. Sorry. I was like thinking you were saying born. I'm sorry. Right. No, you were. I know. So I, it's crazy. It's bizarre how I like just ended up because I'm going back for the listeners, I guess, just so they really can know, like I, I, I really am a devoted student of you and Rich. Mm-hmm. Like I have been for six years and you all are the catalyst for so much change in our lives. My husband and I originally from New Orleans, um, we got pregnant and we were like, we've been trying to leave for 10 years and neither of us like, you know, we couldn't air quotes, we couldn't figure out a way when the pregnancy was the catalyst. And we had just started listening. A friend of ours, uh, sent Damien the David Goggins episode. Mm. And that was the very first step. That was the very first podcast I ever listened to. Mm -hmm. What a hell of a podcast (laughs) it was. Um, so that, and we just kind of fell in love with rich started, um, exploring, uh, eating plants, started exploring, um, the, the vegan cheeses. And it, it was literally what ignited our, we got rid of about 90% of our stuff, got in our truck and just drove West. And it was an epic journey, um, where we ultimately ended up here in Oregon. We were in Bend at the time Wolfie was born in Bend, um, at home and that was that was the most 
you know, it's like, we could talk about it all we want, which is why you're here. But the experience of releasing a being out into the world from within your body is, I mean, I just don't even have words. I want, would like for you to get to put some words to that experience for us. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's the ultimate, right? And I mean, I have to say that in in this incarnation, you know, you, you experienced something that I didn't experience in this incarnation. I worked with um, some early mentors who used to call me master mommy. Um, and they were someone who could see all of my lifetimes. And so I've had a lot of births like throughout different lineages and also, well, we'll just say that. Uh, and, but it's not like, I didn't choose like Julie, the personality didn't go, I want to be a mother. You know, it's like, it's in the energy. It's like, there's nothing I can do. And it was a little confusing because I'm the, in this birth family, I'm, you know, my birth family, I'm the youngest of five mm -hmm. and I was the outcast. So I never had, well, I've been, I've been the outcast my whole life. So <laughs> never had like a companion or a friend or, or, uh, I never, I never babysat. So like when I had my own boys, I had to, I was like, wait, like I hated mommy and me. Like I never went to mommy and me. And yeah. I had to just create my own way of being creative, but it was a little awkward in the beginning because I wasn't like, I wasn't someone that I was like, I want to have four kids or I want to have. Uh, but then when I got into it, I mean, it's just a natural part of my frequency. So what I would say is however a child comes into your experience is the divine experience. And, you know, in, for my first child, I had asked for a water birth and I was laughed and, you know, marginalized out of the conversation by my doctor and by the boy's dad, you know, oh, you're an idiot. You know, why would you? So I was still, it, I'm of a generation that I was still kind of in that program more. I mean, so I'm so inspired by all the women that are just reclaiming their births and just going and birthing babies. I mean, why are we asking men how to have babies? What <laughs> the fuck is going on? But I did it. <laughs> But I did it. And I had a lovely man who delivered all four of my kids mm -hmm. and which with every birth, he got more and more lax, like all, the, uh, the last birth, which reminded me of Wolfie's birth that you were just talking about. All of my kids were in the room. Tyler had my left knee oh. holding my knee, like literally watching everything. Yeah. I had to tell Tyler, move out of the way and let Rich catch his baby. <laughs> Tyler was just like, yeah, you know? And then Trapper was more up by my head, kind of a little traumatized. And then Mathis was sitting on a couch with our friend Kat with a baby, you know, knowing there was a major thing going on, but it was a little intense for her. Yeah. But as soon as Jaya was born, they were holding her. Like I did, I got smarter with every birth. Like I was like, you can't give her a shot. You can't touch her. You can't bathe her. Yes. So it was really, it was really seamless and beautiful. And I guess because I have had so many babies in other incarnations and I have very thin hips, so none of it makes sense, yeah. but my body opens up and the baby just comes. So, but I had an epidural. I have, I had an epidural every time mm -hmm. because I, because I dilated and they came so quick, it was kind of like, I, I just, it, it was just the way, the way that it was easiest for the kids to be in the room and for me. And it was, it was pretty, it was kind of un, un, 
characteristically painless sort of in a weird way. Yeah. And now I would change that. Like I would go for like the, you know, all the feels and do that. But I tried with every kid. And even in the last one, I wanted to have Jaya at home. And Rich had a friend whose wife had died in childbirth a couple years before. Wow. And we live away from the doctor. And I talked to another mom who had given birth to both of her kids at home. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, what, you know, I'm, I would like to give birth to, you know, the younger ones at the, my newer kids with Rich at home, my younger. And, and her question to me was, uh, well, did you have a bad experience at the hospital? And I was like, actually, no, I had a super great experience. Yeah. So she just was like, I was in labor for 30 hours and I had all this trauma. You know, listen, everybody's journey is different. Oh, but no. regarding childbirth, I'm really exploring what is happening through this ascension process. And I wonder why it is that we have to go through so much agony to give <laughs> to a child. And one of the things that I've been exploring, I taught a, a retreat on sacred sexuality in October. I'm starting to explore the way that we're engaging with this sacred energy as a union with creativity, with spirituality, with sexuality, being a trinity, yes. and how we can reclaim the way that we even conceive the intention, the frequency, the ritual, the everything. And then what about that we don't have to be in pain at all? Like, like, you know, when we were incarnated in Atlantis, we didn't go through the same mechanics, at least in the humanoid forms, right. we would merge our frequencies and out of the love and attention intention would come the life form. So I'm, I, I've been reflecting quite a lot on what it is with this realm and it's likely a lot of the constriction and reversal and the darkness and stuff that has ruled the realm for eons of time that is now up, that is now changing. But I'm wondering what the new mamas are going to experience through their childbirth. Um, and also important just to say, again, nobody gets to plan it, right? Like I know people who wanted to have natural, they ended up with C-section. So again, in a tantric way, everything is sacred when you apply that intention to it or that bhava or that devotion. Totally. Oh yeah. And there's so much, there's so much about like, this is my realm of work. Um, one of my realms, I'm similar to you in the Renaissance way. I love that word, that terminology. Um, but really there are quite a few women that I know personally who have had like the orgasmic the complete yeah release and you know and so deliberate language is one of the things that we work with in in rebirth and it's like it so matters the word choices that we use for example like the masculine because they don't have the literally the physiology to do the the creating and the birthing of the baby they view it from an external place as pain so the masculine that actually named birth painful. Whereas I can tell you from my own experience, it was intense, but it wasn't pain because pain would be something that I want to be like, ah, like if I like burn my hand, you know, when you're like getting something out of the oven and you forget to put the mat, the mitt on and you have to release it. That's pain. It's a, it's a, it's an urge to get away. Whereas this childbirth sensation, your urge is to actually like move into it. Yeah. Is to like, to, to, to merge with it and become it. Um, 
Oh yeah. So. Another life. Will you be my doula? <gasps> I would be so honored. Whatever. If you and if you and Rich want to just crank out one last one, I feel like oh. I will be there. Absolutely. Oh, no, no. <laughs> you never know. Um, you just never know. Well, okay. I want to take this um, opportunity to read something that is a quote from you from a interview from quite a long time ago um, with Melissa Ambrosini. Oh, wow. Okay. You we're on the podcast. I know when I tell you, like I have been nerding, okay. I've been learning y'all are my teachers. Okay. So <clears throat> here's what Julie has to say about sacred sex. Sacred sex is experienced with your beloved, with all of your being, all of your physical self, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your spirit, all of your presence that is free from distraction, like pornography, toys, fantasy, any of that. It is about being fully present with that person and entering into this spontaneous dance that is an offering of your recognition that being of that being as an emanation of this beautiful force of divinity. We are all instruments of divinity and sex is our origin, all of us. So you stated that and it like was earth shattering to me in, in this, in this way of, of speaking of sex as a, as a very um, divine and sacred um, dance, if you will, between two people. And I also feel like you could literally just swap out the word sacred birth is that experience with your beloved, but the beloved being the baby with all of your being, with all of your presence, with all of your heart. So basically that like the act of sacred sex is the mirror image of sacred birth. That's so beautiful. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting when people quote me because I have this energetic in my life print again it's not a it's not a decision from a personality but if you if you listen to me there's always a point of sacred transmission that comes through yes. but i don't have i don't i'm i never prepare like i'm just in this moment so yes. i was like wow she's gonna read me a quote i wonder if i'm still in alignment with what i said you know yeah, all yeah i am i mean the thing the thing that i was trying to what i was trying to impart was the fact that the whole way that we've interacted with the realm of sexuality has been from a very low vibe place. Yeah. So, and when we engage in pornography, we are, we are praying for that, for our sacred children. We are participating in it. So if you think, you know, it's like the male sort of you know, maybe not, maybe it's changing. I don't know, but the male sort of thing is, you know, we guys need it. Like that's just the way it is. And that's what we do. And yeah, we got to, sorry, but yeah. it's actually just not because everything is energy and thoughts are things. And when you engage in that, then you're perpetrating that for your daughter or your son. And usually when I put it in those, in that framework, it gets their attention. Then they're kind of like, whoa. And I remember early on, like Rich was even worried that I was even going to talk about it because, you know, let's not, don't comment on the male pornography, you know, right? not, not from Rich's stand, you know, we're just thinking of like, you know, people, but I guess, you know, I laugh cause I grew I grew up in the age of, of Cosmo magazine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like 
cosmopolitan, like have an orgasm however you can get it. You know, like they just, you know, it's just so low vibe. And I'm just like, people, people, wait. Like, what if you knew you could heal the planet, heal your body, you know, transform your creativity, heal the waters of the earth through your sexual energy? And we're giving it to demons, demonic, like, you know, I mean, if, if an alien arrived in the bedrooms of humanity, they would just be like, guys, 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 like, come on. You're missing the point. You know what I mean? And it's like, and not, and not to say that, like, I'm, I mean, like an expanded being who could understand this, you know, it, again, the divine human that knows itself is so powerful, so so powerful that knows itself what we can really do in these bodies we haven't even tapped into two percent of it like we have we don't even know i mean it's so beyond it's like david goggins like multi-dimensional you know <laughs> it's like not even like david goggins like yeah he's a badass everybody likes him but you know we're talking like next level right like, it's like yeah he's like kind of scratching the surface of what scratching you're scratching a membrane but like let's really start to understand and that's when i talk about like I'm, I'm going to be 60 in a month and a half and I am not aging. I'm not reading books on aging. Like, Oh, when you get to be, you know, it's like I'm eternalizing. I'm not trying to be 20. I'm reclaiming the multidimensional eternal energy that is my birthright. And that may mean I may drop my body after this interview and peace out, but yeah. But I'm not gonna, let me just cancel that. I'm not going to, but yeah. my point is, is that what we can experience within this divine technology is beyond our wildest imagination. And so I'm not telling people that they shouldn't enjoy their orgasms. This is not about not having sex. It's about having sex from a completely different vibration and then let it be you know, Kali and powerful and explosive and fun and creative and sensual and all those things that we need to experience as humans. And so what you're saying is, you know, it, bringing the birth into the conversation, I, ju I just love your awareness around that because it really is a mirror of that. And it allows us to bring this purity into it mm -hmm. and not purity from suppression and puritanical you know psycho you know you know misaligned energies but like from a purity of of the beauty the pristine the opulence of what it would mean and and if we understood that and it's difficult because it's in the mind it's mind programmed to fantasize about a certain scenario in order to obtain the arousal so you have to reprogram yourself into the feeling tone. You know, how does the body feel like bringing into the feeling of it? And you have to disconnect from those triggers that have been put, you know, they're by design. So sex on this planet is associated with violence, with hurting, with suffering, with rape, with overpowering, with pedophilia, with pornography, with bestiality, with like all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, I mean, it's a choice. Uh, but I just think uh, people have not even been exploring what's available to us in that realm. So I, I really love that. I hope you'll develop that and, 
And um, I'll definitely be uh, adding that into my perspective for sure. Yeah. And on that note, like, so in your water tiger, do you have, because I've seen, I've seen that you've, that you've done these sacred sexual um, retreats and stuff. Is that something that you're, that you're planning on offering more of, or is that something that, that water tiger, that the water tiger community gets to be a part of, or? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I am, um, there's so many things, right? There's so many things going on. Uh, definitely in Water Tiger, we talk, we develop that a lot, and we talk about that a lot. Um, I have a dream to do the sexual sacred sacred sexuality retreat in Venezia um, at this monastery that I've scouted, mm. uh, but it's not on the docks yet. I'm only I'm doing a, a trip to Egypt this year with Crotalo from Domenhurst. So we're going to be there over a new moon eclipse and a full moon eclipse. Wow. Um, the dates are the end of August into the first week of November. That's like um, this coming, coming. Yeah, up. yeah, 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 coming up. Um, so, so no, I'm not going to be right now. Um, right now, I am uh, embodying uh, a musician, music, music, singing, writing. So I'm working on a new album. And that is through my COVID death experience. That's what I was shown because the Vedic lineage is who brought me the music. Um, Yogananda brought me a, a, a harmonium where I wrote most of my first music. And it's been this mm. profound mystical experience. Um, so that is that is going to be the core of what I'm doing in the world. And then I'm building this empire of Shreema, which, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, wow. So, yeah. so no, not 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 right now, but, you know, it's it's definitely there. You know, it's yeah. a huge part of, that, of what we're doing. Hello, hello. Just dropping a quick line. So if lots of this content interests you and you're wanting to know more about working with me, step one is to go and take my free masterclass. So it's free on my website. Just have a watch or a listen while you're either cooking or walking or driving or whatever. And it really helped to solidify and understand some of the concepts that we work with in the rebirth program in my ryt program and um, as we work one-on-one -on -one and in the groups so with that being said head over and check out my free masterclass at rainstudios.com links in the show notes thank you and back to the show cool wow um, on that note, I do want to share something with you too about your music and just and how I was uh, I was dappling in um, some of the very early episodes of your podcast, and I came upon the one with you and your mama, with your mama, and how you opened with your brother singing Moon River, and I just from a very deep place, uh, you know, heart to heart and womb to womb, Moon River is me and my mom's song. Oh my goodness. I was just like, oh my God. This is so great. Make this up. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna highly recommend to the listeners um to do as I did, like go back and listen to some of the early um both the For the Life of Me podcasts 
it was called something different back then. Divine through line. The divine through line, but it's all there. It's all still yeah. there. I got nervous that I wasn't going to be able to find the originals. And I was like, yes. Um, and also um, your episodes with Rich. Um, one of the things that I would love for you to share, like shed some light on for the listeners would be um, being in devotional love like that moment when you surrendered, I think it's episode five, when you talk about this and you surrendered completely to what Rich was. This was before he had ever, you know, did the cleanse or ran anything. Like you just surrendered to what he was and you decided to love him in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, really they can just listen to episode five, but if you wanted to like- yeah, so, I mean, this is key, it, you know, it's, it's interesting and it's important that, well, let's just say that uh, when I met Rich, I was um, very expressed in the world uh, and he was struggling. You know, he was struggling with being in recovery and even though he was a lawyer, it was a push pull with the universe. Cause he was like, I want to be a lawyer, but his being hated being a lawyer. So it, yes. was a, it was a mixed signal. And so for many years, I mean, I hit my head against the wall. It was very frustrating. Like we, we were considering breaking up. Well, yeah, I was, I, I like kicked him out for like a day. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like, you know, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of friends you know, he was Ivy League educated, like on paper, he should have been able to be able to contribute at a certain level, financially, energetically, and it wasn't happening. And it seemed like the more that I expressed myself, the more paralyzed he became. Um, and the more that I wanted to help him. So like he would be not doing well or feeling well. And I'd be like, here, read this book here, take my hand here, eat this food. Hey, don't do that. You know, like that. And it was all well-meaning and on paper was a, you know, was altruistic. Like it was clear. I was the yogi. I was meditating. I was doing all these things and he was suffering. If he had been fine, I would have been like, cool, you know, but yes. it was very hard to identify because it had the dress of being, uh, you know, well-meaning and higher vibration. And I guess what happened, this same Indian master who I won't name, I don't name the masters that I work with because I'm, I don't want to put in somebody's mind that they should go find that master because right. it doesn't work that way. It's like, it's a very subtle thing that they find you. And so, you know, somebody was like calling me out, like, you know, she never says who she's, you know, with, but that's kind of why. Anyway, this one, this one master who named me Mananda Srimati, um, he talked to me about divine love and he said, you know, divine love is like the sun. It's simply shining on all creation without cessation. It doesn't analyze, discriminate, edit, criticize. It, it doesn't do anything. It's just, it's just radiating. It's just on. There's one position in divine love and that's on full blast. And it's our inability to know that it's there. You know, we, we then can't find it or we go, we go to the divine with a thimble instead of our whole being. So mm -hmm. it's, it's what are you bringing? What are you bringing? So it was like that 
you know, 25th ski lesson that you take when you're trying to learn how to carve turns, you know, and you've taken a bunch of lessons and then that one instructor says the thing and it all clicks. Yeah. That was what it was for me. And I realized that if I was being a God and I was a fractal of the mirror, as Falco would put it, that Rich was also a fractal of that mirror. He also was a being of God, even though he was in a life experience of eating, you know, th four in and out burgers, venti Starbucks with three ad shots, you know, consuming violent, torturous TV before bed, you know, all the things. Yeah. And I just was like, you know what? Like I've tried, I've, this is ex like I was exhausted enough or whatever, and it just clicked. So I sent him a, a message and I said, hey, I want to apologize to you for being in your space. And I no longer need you to self-realize alongside of me. I no longer need you to seek consciousness. Uh, I no longer need you to eat healthy. I, know, I just, I, I said these words, I release you to your life. Hmm. And I let him go. And, you know, he describes it that he was expecting an ambush to come out of the bushes like this was like not what i had been doing um, and i just let him go but i let him go completely like it wasn't lip service and it wasn't out of anger it wasn't a retaliation i just looked at him in love and awe and wonder and you know i'd just be like wow look at that so he asked me to get him these herbs he's like babe you know i want to do the cleanse i guess he had he had walked up the stairs and couldn't breathe and thought he was gonna have a heart attack whatever so he's like <laughs> He was like, babe, I want those herbs. And I was like, okay. I was like, yeah, I'll get you the herbs. And then literally my soul or whatever, mind wiped me. Like literally mind wiped me because I didn't think about it again until he was like, did you get the herbs? I was like, no, I didn't. I go, but I'm going to get them. And again, mind wipe, complete. Oh. We're just gone. So this happened like six times. Wow. And I was laughing at the end because it was such a contrast. Like before I had the awakening, I would have been like, here's your herbs and, you know, here's your book. And, you know, did you take them? You know, I would, I would have been all up in his business. Yes. Wasn't. So then finally he got really angry and he was like, are you going to get me the herbs or not? You know, and then I was like, and I was like, I was just internally laughing. So I got him the herbs for, the, and I put him under the Christmas tree. And the next day, De December 26, neither one of us had gone through the reality that he would have to stop eating, you know, drinking coffee and like what that would do. And he's, he's a good, he's a good recovering alcoholic. So he does things by the letter, you know, I never do. I'm just like, kind of, it's kind of sort of like that is fine. Right. Yeah. So, he did this cleanse and um, he was literally shaking like a heroin addict in the corner, like mm -hmm. sweating and shaking. And I still was completely un, I was not involved in his process. I did, my mind did not even think, uh, will he make it to the end of the day? Or I hope he makes it three, like none of that. Wow. I was literally just present in the moment, just going, wow, look at that. That's crazy. Wow. So this experience of releasing him, you know, he'll describe it that for the first time he had to look at himself because the whole time that I've been trying to help him, he was secretly pushing against me, you know, like it's her and, you know, she makes me feel this way and blah, you know, so I just removed myself from the entire organism and then he had to be with himself. And then that's what catalyzed 
him going through this transformation, becoming plant-based, becoming an ultraman. But ultimately, this devotion, and we had had this spiritual wedding. It was literally like a devotional ceremony of the ages. Like it was one of the most glorious days, just so profound. And we had stated in, in that ceremony, like very intensely that we were committing our marriage and our life to supporting each other in realizing our true essence and what divine mother or the cosmic mother or that force that is breathing all of us brought him is the the medium of the podcast ultimately rich is highly aligned to that format like it is his gift it, it is his gift and that's why you know, that's why the show is what it is. And, you know, and that's why I don't, you know, I haven't posted a podcast epi episode and I don't know how long it's like, and I don't do guests generally because it's not, that's not my design. Like we're not the same in that. So it was profound and it has served me very well. And I think it's, it could be helpful to just mention for you guys, the listeners who are listening to this is, you know, there's a lot of gnarly shit that goes on in this realm. Like, let's just be real. Like, mm -hmm. like if you're not questioning why you're in a body, you know, you're probably not paying attention to your feelings, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> like sometimes I'm just like, what? Like, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> but, you know, so many of us have relatives that maybe are homeless, maybe they're addicts, uh, maybe they're you know, totally unawake, maybe they're in prison, maybe, you know, whatever that is, maybe they, they're sick, they have terminal illness. And remember that the greatest thing you can do, if you really, really want to hold a light, is you can see them in their highest essence, but not as if there's something wrong with where they are now. And so the, the wonderful gift you can give them is, I trust you and I believe in you. And is there anything that I can offer you that would ease your suffering? So can you imagine being a homeless person or just not being able to like stick that light plug into the socket, which is by design. I mean, it's a brutal life. For, for most humans and you and I are privileged, like this is the privilege that we have. Yeah. But can you imagine the power of just telling somebody, you know what, I trust you and I believe in you. You know, I have a, a, a friend, a galactic sister who's going through a very intense health um, uh, experience. And, you know, I, I do a lot of things to hold her, to support her without without putting my energy in her field we have to remember this isn't about taking on anybody else's things right. but i i always make sure that i always remind her i trust you i know your soul has got this and i trust you and i believe in you and that statement gives this level of respect and you know the person that is going through the challenge is already suffering enough they don't need your fucking judgment or analysis or you know summary or you should do this you should do that why don't you do this you know that's like the human program but if we can just say hey i got i see you and i'm gonna hold you in that light until you until you can reach it 
because I because I see it for you. And so th that's really what Water Tiger is about. It's about embodying your own life at this form. And I'm just starting to do that operation for me. I've done that operation for Rich. I've done that operation for my kids, for businesses, for people, for communities. And most of us mothers have not even considered doing it for ourselves. And so this is the, the quest. Uh, I'm gonna wager um, that if I can uh, offer my own life experience that gives people um, a model or an example of an inkling of a piece of their own original journey and they can become who they truly are, then they're going to spontaneously bless themselves and creation because all of us are completely unique, not, a, not another one of us in the entire Omniverse. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been around the block, you know, for many lifetimes, but you know, even 60 years in this lifetime. And I've had gurus like I've had lovers. I don't recommend gurus, by the way, it's the <laughs> end of that. Like, I mean, I wouldn't trade what I experienced for anything, but it's about accessing that inside of yourself, right? And so um, I've had a lot of perspectives. I've communed with alien races. I've communed with Mayan elders, with Lakota Sioux chiefs in Sweat Lodge through different Vedic lineages, occult masters, adept psychics, oracles, Dominher. You know, I have a lot of experience of being in these um, mystical realms. And what I have learned is it's all about perspective. And so remember that all events are neutral until perspective is applied and don't go running to, you know, wanting to, you know, wage a protest by saying, you know, what about war? What about death? Yes. Even those, yeah. even that. And what I would say is that if you're walk, if you're being walked to the gas chamber in a Holocaust type system or something, you have sovereign dominion over your consciousness and that walk could be the portal to your ultimate realization into expansion mm -hmm. and this is what we've lost sight of we've lost touch with it and and i know that in that scenario there were magnificent beings that light bodied from that experience mm -hmm. um and We've forgotten, I just lost my track, but it's important. Let's see. Um, we have dominion over our consciousness. And so in this culture, uh, in this moment on planet Earth, when we're fighting, um, we're fighting the oppressors, we're fighting in the political systems, uh, we're fighting for gun rights to bear arms. Uh, you know, I had this, I had this conversation with a very dear friend of mine and we're spiritually aligned and he, and he wants to fight to bear arms. And I was kind of like, come on now, really, let's just think about this. Do I think that if I own a gun and I grew up with guns, I can shoot a gun, by the way, yeah. I was in Alaska. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I, I can shoot guns. Yeah. So, uh, if Okay, if whatever that energy is that wants to overcome me, uh, let's say it's an opposing political party or it's 
a controller race or an alien race or whatever it is. <laughs> Do I think that my right to bear arm with that rifle is going to be my protection? Is that where I want to put my focus? The point is, is that we, we have been separated from our death, which is our birth. Yes. Right. So if you're afraid to die and you're in denial, then they've got you, then, then they've got you. But so the point, and I'm not saying that I'm not afraid to suffer. I, I don't want to suffer. I don't want you to suffer. I'm the mama. I don't want anyone to suffer. Okay. I'm not, I would like to do it without suffering, but I want to put all of my energy into resolving my relationship with the death so that I may be fully embodied and powerful. So if that is my destiny, like Sri Ramana says, like it's all written and, you know, there's other perspectives because we make choice points, but, you know, much of it is established. You planned your life as an advanced being, you planned your life to come in. So all these events are playing this movie that create this certain evolution, yeah. but everything is already uh, planned. So it's like when, when the assassin came to Gandhi and he said, I've been waiting for you, bang, that's it. Yeah. Like that's the golden ticket, <laughs> not, not fighting to bear arms. You know, I know another young one who has been brutalized sexually in her lifetime as I would say nine, maybe 100% of women. I'd have to say 100% of women mm -hmm. and also met some men. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's caught in the victimhood, which has become violent. She has become the very violence with which she is uh, protesting. And this is the thing. And so that's why the yogis say, if you're fighting for peace, you're still fighting. You're right. still creating that energy. So then people say, well, what do you mean? You know, should I just lay down? No, you go out, you vote, you do what you need to do but you remember who you are. You're embodied in neutrality. You're a Jedi, man. You are an eternal life form. Mm -hmm. And you are so much more than this incarnation of who you are. And so don't focus on the wrong thing. <laughs> no, you- It's like throwing a pebble at a mountain, you know? Exactly. Like really yeah. think that's gonna stop? I mean- well, and it's, listen, it's your choice if that's what you want to do. But remember, totally. if you're doing that, you're cultivating that frequency. And as we become more embodied with the universal creator of who we are, we are casting spells with our thoughts, words, deeds, where we put our energy. And so we need, those of us that are listening to this podcast, we need to step into the re responsibility of holding the highest vision for our planet. What do you want to experience? You know, because you know when you don't watch the news and you're in your daily life, you don't even think of those things. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's, it, it, you know, and it's not about not knowing what's going on. You're going to find out what's going on, but it's about devoting our lives to the embodiment of our consciousness it's the one thing that can never be taken from you and if you're in that embodiment things naturally are going to be uh, brought into your field that are in alignment and things that are not vibrating with that are not going to find you it's like the eckhart toll you know the master of presence when he talks about the pain body 
If you're yelling victim, 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 victim all the time, that energy is just going to come and find you. And that's what you got. So I get it. And I'm happy. You know, there's no one more happy than me. I've, I've been, you know, I had my own brutalization of sexual experiences. Um, and that's all over. This is second life now. We're in the Aquarian age. And this is about us creating a really beautiful life. This is why we took a body. So last thing I'm going to say, and then I got to run, it's 11, 11. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, is that from a planetary perspective, from those beings that can see energetic systems and structures from the outer scape, we have never had the level of expansion, beauty, celebration, life-affirming frequency has never existed here. That exists here now. So do not get turned the other way. Go inside your heart be who you are, love yourself, be kind to yourself and to others. Do not uh, create constriction, find the fluidity, find a way to connect. No, there is no right or wrong. There's no black or white. There's a million colors of creation and only you can be the vibration, the frequency and color that is you because you are unique in the multiverse, only one of you in the entire multiverse and omniverse. Mm. As per usual, she channels um, this <laughs> incredible, incredible stewardship of language and love. Thank you, Ma Ananda Srimati. Thank you, Rain. You bless me. Thank you so much. So that's it. <laughs> that's a wrap for Miss Julie Pyatt. Happy birthday again, you beautiful angel. Thank you listeners for joining. I mean, you know, you just can't make it up. Like I was so nervous. I've never been nervous to have a podcast interview until this one because she is, you know, sort of like the highest celebrity I could ever imagine having a conversation with. Um, in a sense that, I mean, I, I do idolize her in the true meaning of the word, like idol, you know, like almost a spiritual really or religious kind of icon. Um, and not in a creepy way, not in like an overly obsessed way, but just in a way that I can, I see this light aura behind her. I mean, when she was speaking and although it was on Zoom, I mean, her beauty was just emanating through the camera. Like I've never seen, you know, um, it was so amazing. And, and, you know, and we cried within the first like 15 seconds of the show. I, I can't, you just can't make it up. You know, you just can't make it up. Um, the magic and the, the love and the support between women. Um, there was like a portal that was open, you know, from our hearts to hearts or wombs to wombs minds to mind, spirit to spirit. Oh, I've just never been so honored to have a conversation with anyone. And I've been honored to have a conversation with every one of our guests. And, and I'm, I'm just spellbound and, and starstruck by all of the guests on the show. Um, but to say that, you know, Miss Julie Pyatt is special is an understatement. So check out her books. I have um, 
this cheese is nuts and it's incredible. It's so incredible. Um, her cheese company, um, it's a nut cheese company. So this is all nut based cheese. She is an incredible vegan chef and, you know, we didn't get into it in the show, but, um, there, you got to just listen to her podcast and learn and check out her website and learn about her. Her water tiger offering is, is her spiritual community. That's very similar. Um, it sounds like very similar to my rebirth program. Um, and I think, you know, I think after today's conversation, I'm going to have to join the water tiger community. It's been something I've been thinking about for a long time. So maybe I'll see you in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Shrimu, her not cheese company is going to take over the world. I mean, she really has a vision and has created the flavor palette and the, and the, um, you know, the consistency of her cheeses are, it, it really is like, better than dairy cheese it just it it is and it's it's and I love dairy cheese and uh, as many of you know you know I'm a mindful tarian I'm not um I'm not a I'm not a binary eater um I eat more plants than I do eat meat or dairy um for sure I eat way more plants probably about 80 percent plants um and yeah, but, you know, it does, but that doesn't mean that I can't, you know, I mean, I fully support what Julie is doing and I fully, and, and her husband too, and Rich Roll, you know, they have a couple other books. I'll put it all, I'll put all the links in the show notes to their, um, their cookbooks and lifestyle books. And if you haven't checked out Rich Roll's podcast, please do. It is absolutely incredible, life-changing, as is Julie's, um, for the life of me and yeah oh all right so special thanks to julie for spending all the time with me thank you june julie's assistant for um you know making all the magic happen thank you to amber to making all of our magic happen on my side my magical assistant and z her partner our producer of the show so thank you so much for doing making this magic happen um, and thank you to Justin Briggs for making the tunes, the sweet theme song to the show. And I love you all so much. And send the message out as wide as you can. Cast our Rain Studios podcast net across the waters to all of your little fishy friends. <laughs> Until next time. Ahoy, ahoy. Hey.